For as long as I can remember, I have always loved cricket. Growing up in Yorkshire at the time when Sir Jeff Boycott uh, was still playing for England, I loved his obdurate style. I loved the fact that he sold his wicket really dearly. And that was the tactic I adopted whenever I played cricket. The downside was that this really, really wound my father up because he struggled to get me out. I remember him uh, bowling faster and faster and faster and realizing I was making him more and more frustrated. Um, I loved playing cricket. The downside of my tactic in terms of batting was we played it less and less often. The more and more unable to get me out my father became. So I loved cricket growing up. I was reminded of that when thinking about the question of inheritance. Why? Well, because when my Auntie Doreen died, I was really touched that she left me a book in her will. It was a book that I always used to read when I went to her and my Uncle John's house. It was an encyclopedia of cricket, a very fat volume with lots and lots of articles and lots and lots of black and white photographs. I used to pore over it, honestly because I was a bit bored, but I used to pore over it. And she left it to me in her will, which was really lovely. I had forgotten the book, if I'm honest. So I was amazed when I received it and I read it and it helped me remind, remember my Auntie Dorin. But it's no longer an interesting book to me. It's 35 to 40 years out of date. Uh, its facts are no longer relevant. Its pictures are really, really dated. It isn't a book I would ever read now. It's that question of sometimes what we inherit is no longer relevant, it no longer has an impact on our lives. And yet the inheritance we have in Jesus Christ has an impact on our lives now and for always. Why is that? Because Christian faith has lived between the already and the not yet. Let me explain. The first point is uh, the already. We remember our home. Let me explain. We live between the already, between the cross and the resurrection, and the not yet when Jesus will return as judge and lead us to our heavenly home. So we live between those times in the consciousness that the resurrection of Jesus Christ has already happened. And what that means is we know that resurrection is our future. Uh, resurrection is our future for all who trust in Jesus Christ. So we're living between the already, what God has done, and the not yet, what God will do. At a time like this in the world where there is so much uncertainty and uh, our daily lives are so often disrupted by new guidance and it is legitimate and understandable to be anxious and worried, we need to remember our home. Paul writes in Philippians 3, our citizenship is in heaven. He tells us elsewhere in 2 Corinthians 4 that, that what is seen is temporary, but what is eternal, what is unseen, is eternal. That's our home. That's the end point of all of our stories, that our home is in heaven. And of course, it's an end point, but it will be a new beginning because life in heaven will involve work, it will involve artistry, it will involve community, involve lots and lots of things that we treasure from this life but our hope is in heaven. And Peter writes here that it can't be taken from us. It's kept in heaven for us. We have an inheritance that will not perish, will not spoil, will not fade, will not be like that book I loved when I was a little boy, but now honestly is just on a shelf and reminds me only of my Auntie Doreen. That's the only precious thing about it. 
we're told that this inheritance will never perish, spoil or fade. So in the midst of this time at the moment we're living in, in the world where there's so much disruption, we need to remember our home and we need to remember that it cannot be taken from us. If we need to remember our home, we also second need to remember our hope. It's an undying hope. It's a, we are new birth into a living hope, we're told in this passage. That's guaranteed by the resurrection, but it's also something that we experience today when we exercise faith. We're told in verse 5, when we exercise faith, we are shielded by God's power. And Peter's prayer for us is grace and peace to you in abundance. It's translated in uh, verse 2 of the NIV. What that means is let it be multiplied to you. May grace and peace be multiplied to us in our lives. So our hope is not just for the far future. Our hope is not just for, for heaven. Our hope is experiencing something of God's presence and God's power now. And that being multiplied uh, in us as we exercise faith, as we seek to follow Jesus, as we seek to live in the reality that we have an undying hope, whatever the circumstances around us, whatever is happening in the world around us, we have an undying hope and we have a home in heaven. So we need to remember our home. We need to remember our hope. And third, we need to remember our call. Uh, the beginning of the letter talks about how we have been called by God's foreknowledge, we have been sanctified by the Spirit, and we've been set apart for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood. Sprinkling by his blood simply means that the, that the cross of Christ has set us free from all of our sin and from, all, and from the threat of death. That's been, we have been set apart by the sprinkling of his blood. All of the wrongdoing in our lives, all of the guilt, all of the shame has been undone. It has been set aside. It has been dealt with by the cross of Christ. But the challenge is that we've been set aside, not just for our home in heaven, not just for an undying hope. We've been set aside for obedience to Jesus Christ, for living as he calls us to do, by following his example, by taking what he teaches and living by it. That's our challenge. So we've got what God has done, it, remembering our home. We've got God will do, remembering our hope that it's undying and it means that our home will come to us in heaven. But we also have this challenge to remember our call. It's what God has done, what God will do and what uh, we will do, how we will respond uh, in the grace and the peace of God, in the power of God. That's the challenge. Yes, we need to live in the light of our hope in heaven. We need to claim the reality of the power of the cross and the resurrection daily. That's our hope. It's an undying one and we need to respond in obedience. As Paul puts in Romans 12, it's the offering of our whole selves, our whole lives as a living sacrifice. 
So this passage sums up the whole if of our faith and the whole of our worldview as Christians, that our home is in heaven, that we have an undying hope guaranteed by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as we live between the now and the not yet, uh, we uh, have to live in faithful obedience. We have to live fruitful and faithful lives, but we do so in the power of the Spirit and we do so praying that we will see grace and peace, God's grace and God's peace multiplied to us, that we will see it in abundance and that we will be shielded by God's power even in a time like this uh, through faith in Jesus Christ. So what does all this mean for us today? Well first it means claiming our inheritance. It's not a mouldy old book with black and white photographs that's 35 to 40 years out of date. It is an undying hope, an undying hope that will guarantee eternity and will bring God's grace, God's peace, God's love and God's power into our lives right now. So we need to say yes if we haven't already done so. We need to say yes to Jesus. We need to claim the new birth that is on offer to us. And we simply do that by saying sorry, thank you and please. Sorry for how we've lived. Sorry for the way we've ignored God's purposes and God's love. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you have done for us. Uh, thank you for the cross and thank you for the resurrection. And please, please come into my life. Please be my Lord. Please be my shepherd. Please direct my steps. Please help me to live for you today. Claim your inheritance if you haven't already done so, because it will never perish, it will never spoil and it will never fade and it can never be snatched away from you. Second, remember our hope and our home. I know these times are really troubling. So much of ordinary life has been dislocated. So many new regulations are coming out. So much uh, law is being inserted even into the home as to how we can gather with our loved ones. So it is a disorienting time. It is uh, a, an anxiety making time, but remember that our citizenship is in heaven. Remember that as Hebrews 13, 14 tells us, here we have no enduring city. Why? Because we were looking for the city that is to come. That's heaven. That's the new Jerusalem. That's what we're looking for. Remember, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, uh, that what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen at the moment, what is unseen at the moment is eternal. So take a breath and remember in the midst of all of our current travails and suffering and worries, our home is in heaven and our hope is undying. And just let that anxiety be lifted from your soul. And third, at this time, pray for God's power. Peter's prayer for us is that we would know grace and mercy in abundance, that it would be literally multiplied to you. So my prayer for myself and my prayer for us as a church family and for all of you watching, wherever you're watching, is that, that you will know God's grace and God's mercy multiplied to you at this time. And that as we exercise faith, we will be shielded even in such a time as this by God's power. So that's our prayer, that we would know God's grace and God's mercy in abundance, that it will be multiplied to us and that we would know God's power shielding us 
even in such a time as this, as we seek to live for God, as we seek that obedience to Jesus Christ that Peter talks about at the beginning. So let's be of good cheer. Let's say yes to the new birth if we haven't already done so. Claim our inheritance. Let's remember our home in heaven and our hope that is undying. And let's pray for God's grace and God's mercy to be seen in abundance in our lives. Amen.